0: Well, welcome back Wednesday, March 22nd, 2023. I am Seth Leibson, and the phone number is 602 508 We have associate producer David Dahl at the controls, manning the uh, ship. Did me an unfair turn, he did, already, starting off with an assault. Um, I don't know if it's a misdemeanor or felony, but um, I don't eat lunch and what david likes to do is go to a local delicatessen and come up with all kinds of sandwiches of cured meats and there is nothing that will permeate an office's olfactory atmosphere like pastrami and nothing that will make unhappy someone who doesn't eat lunch more than pastrami so david you're 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 i don't know what to say I'm in the doghouse. You're in the doghouse. Yeah, you're in the doghouse. John F. Kennedy (laughs) – let me try that again. John F. Kennedy famously attributed to Dante the quote that the hottest places in hell are reserved for those who in times of great moral crisis maintain their neutrality. It's actually not a quote or line found in Dante, and there have been variations of it. Nonetheless, for those who take public policy or politics seriously, it maintains a certain resonance and politics should be taken seriously it is after all how we govern ourselves and more importantly how we build the community in which we engage in everything from our family lives to our business and recreational lives in his first chapter on politics in his book by that title aristotle put it that quote it is a characteristic of man that he alone has any sense of good and evil of just and unjust and the like and the association of living beings who have this sense makes a family and a state Further, the state is by nature clearly prior to the family and to the individual, since the whole is of necessity prior to the part, close quote. That might be confusing to conservatives, and it may seem odd to think that the state is prior to the family, but the point Aristotle is making— is that if we don't envision and create a just and good state, polis, community, we cannot raise a just and good family. The environment for thriving must be envisioned and created if we want the success of any organ, or in this case, organism within it, to thrive and be successful. All this to speak just, about a, just a bit about a front-page story in the Arizona Republic today titled, quote, another new party sets sights on Arizona, close quote. The story goes on to say, quote, the forward party launched by former presidential candidate Andrew Yang announced plans Saturday to seek ballot status in Arizona, which would allow it to have candidates running under its banner. The push comes on the heels of the no labels party gaining ballot status as Arizona's newest political party earlier this month. Both upstart efforts hope to appeal to independent voters as the crucial 2024 presidential election year nears. But whether either party would field a candidate for president or endorse a candidate from another party is unclear. Continuing to quote, at a crowded, buzzy launch in downtown Phoenix, Ying called Arizona ground zero for democracy. This is a genuine swing state that's going to determine the future of America, he said. All closing quotes now. You may remember Andrew Yang. He was a media phenom in the 2020 Democratic primaries, particularly imagery of him riding his skateboard, but not really anywhere else. He came in eighth in New Hampshire and then dropped out of the race endorsing Joe Biden. He then ran two years ago for mayor of New York City and came in fourth. And yes, he left the Democratic Party to join former New Jersey Governor Christine Todd Whitman to form this new entity, the Forward Party. Yes, there is some buzz around this and the No Labels Group, but I'm not sure exactly why or what for. For what it's worth, if you look up the Arizona chair uh, for the No Labels Group, he's an attorney here in town who specializes In marijuana legalization, not exactly the most burning issue or needed thing right now, I would or should think. If you go to the No Labels National website, a lot of it is, most of it is, about campaign finance and government reform. If you go to the Forward Party site, this is what you get under their platform priorities, of which there are three. Quoting from their website, free people revitalize a culture that celebrates differences and individual choice, rejects hate, and removes barriers so that each of us can rise to our full potential platform number 2 thriving communities reinvigorate a fair flourishing economy and open society where everyone can live a good life and is safe in the places where we learn work and live primary platform 3 vibrant democracy reform our republic to give americans more choices in elections more confidence in government that works and more say in our future close quote now If you're like me, my mind raced to what Olson Johnson said after Gabby Johnson's speech in Blazing Saddles. Now, who can argue with that? I think we're all indebted to Gabby Johnson for clearly stating what needed to be said. I'm particularly glad that these lovely children were here today to hear that speech. Not only was it authentic frontier gibberish, it expressed a courage little seen in this day and age. And, of course, the joke there was... Who could argue with, at best, what Shakespeare might have called airy abstraction? But isn't that the point of political parties and ideologies undergirding them? As Theseus put it in A Midsummer Night's Dream, to give airy nothing, a local habitation and a name. Something to actually believe in and argue and vote for that, yes, perforce does invite argument and disagreement. I mean, who supports hate? Who opposes each of us meeting our full potentials? I worry about a movement or a party dressed up as a serious platform committee that sounds like a Michelle Obama self-help book. As she put it in her book, The Light We Carry, quote, To mix our differences with our togetherness. In knitting, when you create the first stitch of a new project you cast on, when an item is finished, you bind it off. Both of these actions, I found, are incredibly satisfying, the bookends of something manageable and finite, which gives a sense of completion in a world that will always and forever feel chaotic and incomplete, where any time your circumstances start to feel all-consuming, my suggestion is you try going the other direction toward the small. How is it any different from what Michelle Obama is writing or some other kind of frontier gibberish. Here's the jig. Think about what the major issues of the day are to you, to our nation. Here's my guarantee. If you go to a state GOP convention in any state, or a state Democratic Party convention in any state, or their national conventions, you will find general agreement on solutions to those issues, general agreement, be it on race-based policies or affirmative action, be it on the judicial interpretation of the Constitution, be it on the First Amendment or the Second Amendment, be it on abortion rights, be it on government emergency health mandates, be it on school curricula or choice, be it on national defense. You may see some disagreement on particulars, especially on foreign and defense policy and their particulars. But if you ask five members of either of these two new entities in any state or community, you will not have anything like A field theory unified or even bifurcated i think rather what you will find is varying affiliations with bifurcated beliefs from the two major parties which are not vague on where they stand on any of the foregoing or other major issues you care about what you do see is an appeal for rank choice voting which at least as i see it is a complicated revision or solution in search of a problem that will make, if anything, voting more difficult for people to understand. That's something else I don't think we need just now. It's hard enough for us to get simple majority and plurality runoffs in elections that people understand or that are apprehensible here with the system we have now. My general thought about all of this, there is a real independent in Arizona right now, She has affiliated with neither of these two organizations, at least not yet. She left the Democratic Party, but she has voted with Joe Biden 93 percent of the time. Were Christine Todd Whitman in the Senate, I've no doubt her voting record would be about the same. She started off as a law and order pro-choice Republican who went nowhere until George W. Bush rescued her to put her in charge of the EPA under his administration, a tenure that did not last long because she was not comfortable with Republican policies. And as for Yang, who raised funds for John Kerry, Barack Obama and Bernie Sanders, if you read his interviews about leaving the Democratic Party, they're all about how it has been hard for him to win in that party. It's about him and his success and his victories and his losses and leaving a party that simply did not repay or reward him. We know of no policy policy shifts or shifts away from the Democratic Party from him or any of its catechism. I'm not skilled enough to know how these parties will affect elections, primary or general, and which party they will harm most. My sense is they are not good for the Democratic Party when it comes to voting as they are steeped in generalized liberalism and that they will siphon off some money from putative Republicans who have never understood the party is not what they define or redefine it to be based on something like five years of the off cuff statements of a retired Republican hero. We suffer from a lot of distractions in our politics, is my point. We also suffer from the notion that we can rise above our ideological differences. We can do that, I think if and only if we start seeing those differences in philosophies as unimportant. But as most of us know and have known since the time of Aristotle, they are actually the most important things on which we can or should focus. I'm Seth Leibson, 602 508 We'll be right back. Folks, how do you think the Biden administration is handling the economy? We got banks failing, stock market volatility, a possible recession on the rise. What if you could invest in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market? A portfolio, well, you'll know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. This is a secure collateralized portfolio that delivers a high fixed interest rate. You can turn your monthly income on or off. You can compound it, whatever you like. No loss of principal. If you need your money back at any time, your interest is compounded daily. You're paid monthly. No fees. Talk to my friends at Y Refi. They're local. You can visit and meet with them. I know them well. They're honest, trustworthy. You won't get a sales pitch. They leave that up to me. Y Refi is a due diligence approved firm, and you can earn up to a ten and a quarter percent rate of return. That's right, a ten point two five percent fixed rate of return. Check them out at investyrefi.com, that's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or give them a call at 888-YREFI-34, that's 888-YREFI-34, or investyrefi.com. David, you were the first one who brought to my attention this uh, growing uh, no-labels party movement in Arizona, and I wasn't quite sure when you did it a few months ago you were ahead of the curve i think because we you you pointed it out to me and then we saw it on fox news a couple of days later but um i wasn't quite sure what interested you about it or what your thoughts on it were i kind of i, I kind of wasn't paying too much attention at the time but you you obviously had some thoughts about it
1: i thought it was rather fascinating that uh, something like this would show up and show up in obviously full force after senator cinema mm-hmm. uh, switched her party affiliation yeah you know very interesting for something like that to to sort of come out of the woodwork in January obviously there there seems to be a war chest behind it
0: but it wasn't really affiliated with her right at the end of the day we couldn't find a connection to her and it could oh, we? Oh no but right.
1: but it definitely seems uh related they want, related. Her. Yes, they want it,
0: uh, like they want her i would say so yeah. well it would be interesting i mean that's what that's what a movement like that needs it's going to need Someone famous, um, and Christine Todd Whitman and Andrew Yang aren't going to do it for the other one. That's just not good enough. But cinema is endlessly fascinating. She's also very skilled, and it will be interesting to see if she does affiliate with them or what she decides to do. She hasn't even announced she's running for re election yet. Mm -hmm. Um, But if she can get them or they can get her as their uh, standard bearer or as their uh, icon, that will give them some lift. And then it does become a real question, but it also highlights as to as to where the support will come from. But it does highlight the point I was making. These tend to be primarily movements that are going to draw votes from Democrats.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, I would say it's definitely taking from yeah. the, the leftward side of the political yeah. spectrum. Yeah. For Kirsten Sinema to be a standard bearer in 2024? It might make sense. Maybe. I it, don't know. Um, but let us not forget that President Clinton was elected without a plurality of the, the popular vote. You bolt, mean with a bolt? plurality,
0: without a majority? Without a majority, right. yes, yeah. with a plurality. Right, right, so, right yes, with yes, a plurality. Yes. And with you were wearing, popular we popularity. didn't get to it, you were wearing a John Anderson pin the other day. Oh, yes, that's it, right. I so I you have this little, you have in the covey of your, the back of your ample head, this little interest in third. What do you have today? What's your pin today? Oh, I didn't today,
1: see today I've got, of course, it's Romney in 68. <laughs> Romney in 68? Yeah.
0: How far did that go?
1: Uh, Not very far. He made it to about Vietnam.
0: George Romney. Oh, right, 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 right. When he talked about being brainwashed. Brainwashed, Yeah. And that kind of got misunderstood. But his point was he was being brainwashed as to believing we were winning in Vietnam. Right. Not brainwashed, as one would think of the phrase brainwash, right? He was the stalking horse yeah. for Rockefeller. Yeah, that's right. He walked out of the 64 convention. Mm-hmm. This would be George Romney, former governor of Mission, head of American Motor American Company?
1: Motors, yes, but I think it was Rambler at the time. Was
0: it Rambler yeah, at the yeah, time? Yeah, yeah. So he famously made an issue of walking out of the Goldwater nomination in 64. There's a pretty good example of growing up uh, and and being part of the same movement and the same party. and playing nicely and well with others. If you don't get your nominee, you're going to stampede out and walk away. It uh, seems to be a family tradition a little bit.
1: Oh, yeah. A little bit. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. A little bit, doesn't it? hmm
0: His son Mitt, uh, who seems to take delight. And, you know, the funny thing about Mitt Romney is in the 2008 primaries, 2007-2008 primaries, he was seen as the conservative Choice against McCain. Oh, yes. And I remember, I mean, everyone has their regrets. I do too. And people I've backed, of course, we all do. But I remember people like Laura Ingram and Ann Coulter, they were all about Mitt Romney in 2007 and 2008. Well, and how times have changed? My, well, one might say Mitt Romney changed. Uh, yeah. In fairness you, one would say Mitt Romney changed. You go back and look right. at this debate with Ted Kennedy. Right. I mean
1: that's actually very interesting. I was yeah. there.
0: I was there for that. I was in Boston for that debate. And uh yeah, there's this weird Mitt Romney changed a few times. Mm-hmm. He ran he was Christy Todd Whitman. He was in Massachusetts. He was the Massachusetts very he was a very socially liberal Republican. Uh uh when he tried to take on Ted Kennedy and there's this view Bill Weld had it, too. It's it's a mistake in politics, this view that in a heavily blue state, if you if you carry yourself as a moderate Republican, you can peel off moderate Democrats. And the mistake there is the will of the wisp there is that you're thinking Democrats will vote for you over their own party because why? Because they'll get 80% of the loaf rather than 100% of the loaf or 80% of the loaf in this case instead of 90% of the loaf or 95% of the loaf. That's why Bill Weld couldn't beat John Kerry when he ran for Senate and why Mitt Romney couldn't beat Ted Kennedy. But Mitt Romney ran as a a social liberal who was uh, pro-choice and then he did become ultimately governor Mm -hmm. uh, in a subsequent election and – Changed his position on the life thing as the 2007-2008 primaries were heating up. He announced himself pro-life. And when asked what – do you remember what he said the answer was to what changed his mind, how he became pro-life?
1: Oh, I remember there was
0: Embryonic stem cell research. Mm. And the one line I will forever thank Jonah Goldberg for and probably not a lot since – was when he read that he said oh i understand now so coming out of the partial birth abortion debate seeing a child chopped up with hammer claws doesn't do anything for you but the embryonic stem cell issue which requires a magnifying glass and a microscope of tremendous power to see what's going on there convinces you that there's a life and <sighs> in, in other words he was never buying it and it was a hard thing to sell But Mitt Romney was always a political chameleon. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know what there is to say. I guess like father, like son. But Romney, 68. Okay. All right. Stalking horse for Nelson Rockefeller. Yes, sir. Best book on the 68 convention. You want a good book on it? I'd love to. Nixon Agonistes. Agonistes. Nixon Agonistes, written by someone who was a conservative at the time who became a liberal. You don't often see that. You don't often see that. Great book. Great read. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. I think I once taught John Dombrowski that jet is the name of Paul McCartney's dog, but what John Dombrowski of Grand Canyon Planning does is teach us about what's going on in the culture and the economy. He is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. His website is grandcanyonplanning.com and he is the host of his own radio show, heard here every Saturday morning at 7 a.m., the word on wealth. John, did you remember what I taught that very important fact that i taught you about that song jet
2: never forget it
0: thank you thank you (laughs) all right so here we go you said we would know something today and we know something today
2: yeah we thought it would be a quarter percent rate hike and it was i I don't think that that uh, fed chair Powell said anything out of the ordinary uh but we did see the markets turn negative after comments that janet yellen had said yes yeah. So that was where the, uh, I think... Remember
0: the, yesterday we were talking about, you know, are they yeah. always singing from the same sheet of mm-hmm. music? Maybe yeah. not. Maybe not well,
2: today. Yeah, yeah. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, she stated that the Fed is not, or the FDIC was not considering providing blanket insurance right. for bank it, banking deposits. Now, um, this is, of course, after the backstop of Silicon Valley bank uh, depositors. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a $250,000 current limit and they're basically stating that we're not going to be you know, looking to backstop all banks. I would say this, is that that may be very well the case right now, but if something major were to occur, I think things would be different. So I'm not saying that they would make a, a complete you know, change, but I think they would have to seriously consider something if there was some type of uh, systemic issue that occurred. I don't see that happening at the moment, and I think Fed Chair Powell – alluded to that as well, saying that uh, they believe that um, the withdrawals that they did see over the past couple of weeks had slowed down significantly, and um, they believe that things have somewhat settled down to a point to where things are okay. So we'll see, but uh, uh, we'll see what the Fed does if if things change,
0: the twenty-five percent, uh, the twenty, you, what would you call it? Points. Twenty-five basis mm-hmm. points. I guess it's the best way to say. It. Thank you. Twenty-five basis points leads us where towards inflation, and leads us where towards staving off recession. It, it's 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 a pressing of the balloon on one end versus the other, right? Isn't it kind of?
2: Yeah, I don't know if if the rate the rate hike of a quarter point or not is going to make a difference whether or not it's going to slow down inflation at the moment because they're thinking that it's possible that they may need to raise one more time, but he did make the comment that they're they're close if not already there. Um, at a point to where they may not have to make any more increases. But they definitely um, are going to watch it. We're not going to know until May. We're not going to have a, a decision in April this, this time. The next meeting, I think, is in May. Mm-hmm. So it's going to give us a little more time to see what will occur between now and then, and then the Fed will be able to make some decisions based on the data that we see uh, from this point forward.
0: John, the issue of banks, so you're right, so Fed Chair Powell was saying um, it looks like the financial conditions with the banks have tightened. SVP, that kind of thing, the Credit Swiss signature, that looks like a story for the most part in the rearview mirror at this point, looks like?
2: Yeah, it looks like, and uh, hopefully that is true and that will be the case, um, because again, When a bank fails, that's certainly not anything that's uh, good. It doesn't give us consumer confidence. There's a lot of uh, negative impact that 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 does for the whole economy as well as the financial markets. So we don't want to see that. Um, And I think that they're very cognizant of that, and uh, they're going to be very cautious and careful as to the next moves that they make. Okay. Well, thank
0: you. Um, I was watching watching some of the commentary um, by – uh, on Neil Cavuto's show a little bit earlier today on some of this. And he was interviewing a bunch of different folks who had built up a lot of businesses in the late 70s when we were going through yeah. kind of some of these same stressors. And not everything is com- comparable or comparable. But some of them were saying they're worried about access to money. They uh, mm-hmm. on, uh, they said that these the, the actions of the Fed seem to be making it harder for people to do startups, harder for bi- businesses to expand. Seems to be.
2: Seems to be. Definitely will limit uh, capital for for these companies. And one of the things, Seth, is that's the the concern about you know bringing uh, you know and consolidating all these smaller banks and community banks into larger banks. If you limit uh, the number of banks that are out there, you're going to limit the access that people have to funds. Uh, and banks, if you have minimal banks, less competition, they can call all the shots. Uh, so, yes, you're absolutely right. And I, I, Whoever he was talking to yeah, on the show. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who it was. Yeah. I think
0: one of the founders of Home Depot, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. It
2: definitely. You need yeah. competition, e- even in the banking industry. And there will be some out there that will take more risks than other. But maybe the Fed doesn't have to backstop yeah. them. That's going to be the, the debate that next time. That will be
0: the issue next yeah. time. John Dabrowski, thank you, sir. You bet.
2: Securities and Advisory Services offer the Creative One Securities LLC, member of Hendricks and SIPC, and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and client One Securities LLC, are not affiliated. Thank you, sir.
0: Oh, guess what? In the song Jet, <laughs> there's also a reverse Seth. Mondegreen. Oh my Yeah, gosh, you remember that me. one, too. Love. All right. Love you, man. Talk Bye. soon. Bye. <laughs> Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. It's a delight to bring back Brett Johnson, a partner with Snell & Wilmer Law Firm, SWLaw.com, based here in Phoenix, offices around the country. He is our constitutional expert. And uh, to quote uh, Prince Jeffrey from The Lion and Winter, just so you know that we know we are a very knowledgeable family around here, he is the author— In the Chicago-Kent Journal of International and Comparative Law of a piece Called the Future Constitutional Battle if the United States Ratifies the International Criminal Court Treaty. And with the situation in Ukraine and Putin being referred to something like this, I thought it would be good to uh, have uh, Mr. Johnson distill all this for us. Sir, what's the story with Putin and the International Criminal Court?
3: Well, first off, you aged me significantly. I wrote that a long time ago. so uh, Do you there, stand by you it? it? Because
0: I picked it apart or, during the break, and I have a few. I, okay. I I'd 100% stand by <laughs> okay,
3: it. The United right. States, under our <laughs> Constitution, could never ratify it. But, and Russia has never ratified it. So, But a good majority of countries, well over 100 countries, have ratified the International Criminal Court Treaty. It's based in The Hague. If you've ever been to The Hague, great place to go hang out. Um, not obviously if you're in their jail but uh, that's a different story um, but in this in this context so russia uh, um, was not a signatory to the International Criminal Court and neither is the Ukraine and that's important because the country has to voluntarily join the International Criminal Court and we wouldn't be able to do it according to that article that I wrote a long long time ago we wouldn't be able to because um, of our constitutional framework But Ukraine also had not ratified the treaty. But what they did is is that they um, allowed for a certain jurisdiction after the 2014 original invasion by by Russia, and then extended that mandate to the current uh, war that's going on there too. So that gave the jurisdiction of the International Criminal Court. But separate from that, there have been a multitude of referrals from other countries, Uh, Latvia was the first one, but all the way to Japan most recently and Chile, of, of referring to the International Criminal Court for uh, potential war crimes that are being committed um, during this this um, um, uh, the war in in Ukraine. So but the current one is is maybe people have heard it on the news is that there is an arrest warrant for Vladimir Putin um, and it's a very narrow one. There's obviously a lot of things that have been going on here, but you know a lot of times the pr- prosecutors like to go for the the easiest ones, the right, cleanest sure. type of conviction. Yeah. And in this case, it's the one they can bringing- prove. The one
0: that's most easy to prove, right, right.
3: Most easy to prove. Yeah. And, that's, and it is easy because there's a lot of proof on it right. of basically children being brought out of the Ukraine into Russia. Right. And um, both— both uh, Unlawful deportation, in other words, right? Exactly. Okay. That, that's exactly right.
0: Now, so other countries, as as I understand you and as I understand this this uh, this, this filing, other countries have referred Putin, I suppose— the, because Ukraine can't is that is that how it how it's the, the modification it, well, has no, you, worked?
3: No, no. So the Ukraine actually sent a letter and said for this limited war, okay. we we are okay. agreeing to the jurisdiction of okay. the International Criminal
0: Court, although okay.
3: we're not ratifying the treaty. Okay. Now. As a good lawyer, that would be a procedural issue. That if anybody ever got brought up yeah. um, before the International Criminal Court, is that it did not have proper jurisdiction. Right. So that is obviously going to be an issue uh, later on. But the, what people have to appreciate is is that now that we know for sure these investigations have been open, and now there's an arrest warrant for that. This just gives the the International Criminal Court more authority and more ability to investigate crimes. Now, what the Ukrainians have to fully appreciate is is that the ICC is still a neutral body mm-hmm. and to and you saw this in Rwanda, you saw this in Yugoslavia. Is they were they were neutral. They went off uh, after anybody who was committing war crimes. So it's not just a one way street. They're the ones who come in and look at any kind of uh, alleged bad acts. Very high bad acts, mm-hmm. by the way, yep. um, on either side of of the war. So, yeah, and the other thing, one point to put out there, and this is what uh, Vladimir Putin has to worry about. Is, is that if he ever leaves office, this, this is around forever, right? This isn't like, hey, I got a traffic ticket, and yeah. so long as I avoid the process server, right. I'm not going to have to pay it. Right. He'll have to live with this forever, and, and it really limits the, the amount of countries because, like I said, over 100 countries are signatories to the International Criminal Court, and they're obligated, if there is an arrest warrant, to arrest the individual for which a warrant has been issued. So it's really limiting his ability. And that's why you saw the Chinese premier um, head to Russia this week on that issue, um, because of this, is to kind of prop up him from an international um, uh, framework. So it's interesting how, the again, the politics and the international law kind of weave each other together.
0: Is China a party?
3: China is not a party. So it's United interesting. States.
0: The U.S., Russia, and China are not parties. And the, the, that, that in, in itself is, is, is interesting. And U.S. should not be a party, right, Brett?
3: It, they should not be. Right. Uh, based off of our a constitutional framework, right. there's one Supreme Court in the land. It's called the U.S. Supreme Court. And we, we do not give over our peoples to international um, tribunals. So it's always a tough issue because when— when the United States does want to act in foreign countries on peacekeeping missions, et cetera, um, or meeting our alliance obligations, um, it, it, is, it is a tough one. That's where we don't mean get into the weeds, but we have these status of forces agreements that we always have to negotiate with our foreign allies if we're putting U.S. troops on their land. And one of the requirements is, is that you, you will not uh, exert jurisdiction over our soldiers. So that's a, that's a very important facet. Uh,
0: right. And when other countries engage in war crimes, it, it's not as if we necessarily even need an international criminal court per se, is it? I mean, anyone who saw Judgment at Nuremberg that was or was that a version of that wasn't a version of it right I mean you don't necessarily that, that was a precursor it was the, the precursor to it. it okay it was okay.
3: correct and okay. then it, and then it flowed to if you might remember the Yugoslavia that's, that's right Union, yeah milosevic uh,
0: yep. yep yep milosevic right. and then
3: the Rwandan okay and then um, and, and they've been renditions since then but those were all very again very limited jurisdictions yeah and then that's where it kind of came up with the International Criminal Court okay um, but it's it is there's these uh, international legal Legal norms, uh, genocide, right. you won't, uh, crimes case, against jail, humanity, uh, children, that kind of thing. Right, crime yeah. against humanity, children, uh, crimes against children, that rise to such a level that no matter where you are, whichever country you're in, those are just some norms that nobody is willing to
0: violate. And am I and right, right really that one that of the worries so of the U.S., aside from the issue of sovereignty, one of the worries is that while that is a norm that you and I and maybe there is an objective understanding of. It is also a norm that can be very subjective by parties that are warring against each other. And it becomes a term that sometimes these terms can be a little too loosely defined or alleged, I should say. Sometimes they can't be. We would worry and, about and that, that in in, case, in the case of some some, some military action we would have to take, let's say. We would worry be worried about being allegedly engaged in a war against uh, crimes against humanity or, or something like that, right? That would be subjectively cor- defined.
3: Correct. Right. And we – in the United States feels very strongly that right. for uh, crime, war crimes is that we have the Uniform Code of, code of Military right. Justice that right. covers all of the same criminal acts, right. and a jury of your peers comes in and, and determines it. So unlike other countries that might not have the judicial framework that we have in the United States, especially in regard to our military or our political leaders that are acting in a military capacity, um, other countries just don't. You know, Rwanda right. is another great example. Great.
0: So thank you. Th- sir. that's where we are. We are now much more knowledgeable as a family. <laughs> Brett Johnson from Snell & Wilmer, SWlaw.com. Thank you, sir. Talk to you soon.
3: Thank you. you okay, bye-bye.
0: Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. With so many cracks showing up in the banking system and over $31 trillion in U.S. debt, you say just print more? Venezuela, Argentina, Zimbabwe, they all did that. And then came the defaults. But gold has never defaulted. Veteran-owned Midas Gold Group will reinforce your portfolio. I ask you to call them to look into safeguarding your money with the stability of gold while you still can. I trust them. With my account, I own metals, precious metals from Midas Gold Group, and you can too. Gold traditionally holds its value when economies fail. Silicon Valley Bank, Signature, Credit Suisse. Midas Gold believes we're in the early stages of a growing crisis, and the Fed's higher interest rates are your cue to create your own bank with real money, gold. Check them out at midasgoldgroup.com. That's midasgoldgroup.com, or better yet, give them a call at 480-360-3000, 480-360-3000. Midas Gold Group. Gold, you can hold your vault of confidence. Um, I was... uh, I guess in the last segment, I was mentioning uh, this movie to Brett, Judgment at Nuremberg. David, you ever seen it? You like old classic movies, nineteen sixty-one. Burt Lancaster, Spencer Tracy, William Shatner. Do you ever see it?
1: It's on my list.
0: It needs to be. I have to confess something to the audience. I have never, i never seen it until about two weeks ago, and it, um, I, I'm, I was mad at myself for having never seen it until about two weeks ago. It was an amazingly great movie. Well, with that cast, how could it not be? But the dialogue was incredible. You think about what Hollywood was capable of doing in the 60s, and it's just such a different animal than um, than what they, what they have done lately. I mean, we just got out of the Oscars. Did anyone know any of those movies except the one that didn't win, you know, Top Gun? Um, no. Oh, it seems like Hollywood is all about remakes or avant-garde, airy abstraction, uh, airing, airy nothingness, if I can go back to my monologue. But you think about those kinds of movies. I was talking with Brett off air about some of our favorite movies like uh, Guess Who's Coming Together or A Lion in Winter or A Man for All Seasons. That was 67, 68, 69. In one year, 1963, pick one. Just pick one. Listen to what Hollywood could do in one year. Lawrence of Arabia, The Longest Day, The Music Man, To Kill a Mockingbird, Mutiny on the Bounty, Divorce, Italian Style, The Miracle Worker, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, Days of Wine and Roses, The Manchurian Candidate. All of them incredible movies, each and every one of them, all of them worth seeing there. That's just one year in Hollywood. That's what they used to do back when we had creative thoughts and ideas and No, the cinematography wasn't the same as it is now. The techne wasn't as good, but the arte was better. I'm Seth Leapson. Don't go away. A lot more coming right up. We'll be right back.